0: Welcome to The Wall of Soundtrack, a show where we discuss the music and soundtracks behind the very best TV shows and motion pictures. In this episode, we'll be analyzing and dissecting the music and soundtrack behind Robert Zemeckis' comedy drama film, a Gump. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Orange Line Condo. If you're in the market for a condo in the DC metro area, you have to go with Orange Line Condo. Realtor Sean Battle has over 15 years of selling properties and is licensed in both the D.C. and Virginia area with Century 21 Redwood Realty. Sean has also been a top producer with the National Association of Realtors annually since 2005 and has been awarded yearly Century 21's Top Agent Awards for sales and quality service. Sean is also not only a good friend of mine, but he is a great guy and a realtor that is in your corner. If you are in the market for real estate, don't hesitate. Call Sean Battle now and get your dream home. For more information and to schedule an initial consultation, visit www.orangelinecondo.com or call 703-999-8108. That's 703-999-8108. Hey guys, just a few quick updates. It's been way too long since I released new content. My apologies. I just moved into a new house, got married, and I'm trying to stay sane during this crazy pandemic. I should be releasing more content soon, so be on the lookout for that. I also have new Road Tunes Reviews merchandise, so if you're looking for a t-shirt or face covers, I'll post a link to the store on this episode. So uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and on to the episode we go. Force Gump is a comedy-drama film that was released in 1994. The film was directed by Robert Zemeckis, and the script was written by Eric Roth. In addition to Eric Roth's screenplay, the film is also based off of the original 1986 novel by Winston Groom. Forrest Gump is a slow but hard-working man from Alabama who encounters a series of ups and downs throughout his life. In addition to the challenges that he faces, his life is chronicled throughout major U.S. historical events during the 20th century. Forrest Gump would go on to be a massive hit and was the second highest grossing film in 1994. The movie would also go on to win six Academy Awards for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Visual Effects, and best film editing the movie also had a great cast of actors and actresses including the following tom hanks as forrest gump robin wright as jenny curran sally field as mrs gump gary sinise as lieutenant dan taylor Mikkel T. williamson as benjamin Buford bubba blue michael connor humphreys as young forrest gump hannah r hall as young jenny curran and Haley joe osment as forrest gump jr my returning guest for this discussion is Cy Shackleford. Cy is a writer for the entertainment commentary and review website ActionAgoGo. You can follow his articles on the website, www.actionagogo.com, and you can also follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at shackhouse. 83. We also had a new guest on the podcast, Derek Scarzella. Not only is Derek an accomplished author, but he's also the founder of Action A Go Go. So you can follow his articles on the website and you can also follow him on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Action a Go Go. I had a blast talking about this soundtrack with Derek and Sai. We really had a good time and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Here's my discussion with Derek and Sai on the music and soundtrack behind Robert Zemeckis' comedy drama film, Forrest Gump.
1: All right, Cy, nice to have you back. Good to be back. This pandemic has been a bitch, man. I mean, I've been wanting to do a podcast and a soundtrack for several months now, but I've been stuck indoors like we got fucking cabin fever and whatnot.
0: Yeah, dude. I'm I'm just I'm going crazy here. But we got we got a new guest too on, on our show today. Uh Derek, how's it going, man?
2: Good guys. Good. Excited to, to be a part of this. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Nice. Yeah, thanks for for, for joining. Really appreciate it. So, Derek, tell me a little bit about yourself.
2: Okay. Well, um, Cy knows a little bit about me already. Right. Um, we've been friends for a number of years, and he actually um, is a writer for a website uh, I run called Action Agogo, um, And it, it talks about all sorts of things in Action Agogo. Basically, it's just a place where you can check out all sorts of awesome stuff, uh, movie news, reviews, uh, stuff like that. Uh, currently, I've been focusing on publishing some novels, though. Um, two novels are available from Amazon. If you look up Derek Scarzella or the titles, Knuckle Crack Bone or The Vicious Game, um, those novels are available for purchase right now. They're crime novels. I'll, I'll spare the descriptions. Um, you can read the descriptions of the novels on the website. But strongly encourage you to go check that out. You can support me in this trying COVID times, <laughs> And... Um, I'm really excited to to talk about this uh, amazing movie
1: Forrest Dump. Interesting postscript to Derek's books actually. Um, for his for when Derek told me that when he was he was actually in the process of writing the books. Guess who he was mentored by? George Pelicanos. Wow, that's awesome, man.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so what are these books about? Like,
2: well, the the first book was, was the Vicious Game. It took me a while to get it out there but um, it's basically about someone who wants to be a rapper and, and break into the hip-hop game. And it's about someone who's actually like a enforcer for MS-13. So it's about two different people. One's actually in the game, one wants to get in, and sort of how their lives intermingle. And, uh, you know, there's a bit of violence and, and other fun stuff along the way. And the next one is Knuckle Crack Bone, which is my latest novel. And that's basically about, you know... Uh, Delved into the enforcer lifestyle again, three mafia enforcers and how they want to sort of break free from that game and, and what they're willing to do to get there. Um, so they're trying to get one big score to, to help them, you know, sort of be free of that lifestyle. And, and both books were a lot of fun. You know, George Pelicanos um, did have um, some review of the first novel and was very grateful for that, it was able to provide me some pointers along the way. And uh, he was basically the person who told me like you got this, you can do this. And um always grateful for that. And this was back when the wire was a big deal <laughs> or, or still kicking, actually. Yeah. So um it hopefully it tells you how long I've been working on these things. But um I always appreciate, you know, his input in that and just excited to to keep pumping these things out.
0: Yeah, man. it, it sounds like these could be made into movies, you know.
2: <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> For me, that's the guy's ears, man. Whoever wants to, whoever wants to work on that, they're pretty, they're pretty straightforward. I, I love to see them on the big screen.
0: Yeah, man. Well, I wish you luck. I'll, I'll have to go get them, and they're on Amazon, right?
2: Yeah, they're they're freely available on Amazon. Well, not free. I mean, um, you know, you can you can pick them up. But um, so I can probably attest, they're the great quality. There's a lot of great times working on the covers and getting everything together and putting them out there. But it's just, uh, you just look up Derek Scarzella and again they're the vicious game is the first one and my second novel is knuckle crack boat
0: okay awesome so you you and Cy, i mean you guys have known each other for a while right
1: over 10 years oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> nice nice man well glad to have you on um yeah man uh, not many movies coming out because of covid which just it's it sucks man it's like I find myself like like, like we we're just saying just rewatching some movies, and I rewatched Forrest Gump last night. I haven't watched it in years,
1: and they've been showing it like crazy on cable too.
0: Yeah, and it's just this the whole movie is like, uh, it's like a history lesson in music and and you know American I mean, history, American as well.
1: history, American politics. Yeah.
0: It's 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 awesome, and um, I remember this came out. I want to say what 1995?
1: I, Nin- 94. 94. I, I remember. That, I remember it came out when I was a fifth grader because my dad was ranting and raving about it, saying, "Oh, Forrest Gump. He was yeah. an American hero. He was everything. So he did everything."
2: <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Well, this is when Tom Hanks. I mean, between this movie and Philadelphia, this is when Tom Hanks really ascended to his superstardom. Yeah. You know, he just. In the early 90s, he won every Oscar. But it's really a shame because now people mostly talk about Forrest Gump in terms of, like, Pulp Fiction and how Forrest Gump really muscled Pulp Fiction out of a lot of the Oscar race and whatnot. But, um like, people, I don't know, it's like people just forget how good this movie was when it came out. And it still, I mean, I can't think of a more American movie um in terms of just the scope and everything that, that it it covers, and especially this music like, you know, just title right in front of us. I mean, this is like America's soundtrack we're about to talk about. It's fascinating.
1: Yeah, you could say that, actually. Yeah, I mean, it spans decades. And um, the,
0: the subject matter that's covered in this movie, I mean, from everything from race to the Vietnam War and socioeconomic issues mm-hmm. and who was in the war, um, you know, who served um, – hippies I mean President Nixon and Kennedy and, and
1: and the special effects of how they managed to incorporate uh Tom Hanks's visual in uh, and uh scenes with the presidents Nixon Kennedy and uh lBj yeah I mean, that was yeah. really good
2: yeah that it's yeah this movie did push some boundaries in terms of technology as well that's absolutely
0: true yeah yeah I mean there's tons of the scenes of CGI the helicopters when they. When they come into vietnam when they're hitting the lz and you see all those helicopters go by those that's cgi oh it is yeah those were not real helicopters that like they they like kind of copied and pasted them and i was like damn that looks that pretty looks real. real it did yeah yeah so that's pretty crazy but so you guys ready to jump well, into the soundtrack the or sorry derek go ahead i well,
2: i was just going to say even the the famous feather oh, um, oh yeah like that but... That was actually a lot of computing power that went into that feather floating across the screen.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's pretty crazy how they did that, and I feel like it kind of set the tone for other movies you know, later on.
1: It did, yeah. And the way that the, the use of the feather was just used at the beginning and then book ended book ended at the film. Yeah. It's like okay, they they knew what they were doing with this, and it works.
0: Yeah, and, and the thing, I, I like Robert Zemeckis, who directed this. He's one of my favorite directors. Spielberg.
1: Um, he's from Spielberg School of Directing, yeah, and his shows. And, yeah. he, and he's coming to his own with films like the Back to the Future trilogy, uh, Flight. That was really good.
0: Flight was amazing. Um, just like Denzel Washington, incredible performance there. Oh, yeah. um,
1: and a movie that was basically product placement for every alcohol beverage known to men
0: yeah and it it just didn't glorify alcoholism at all it was pretty rough to watch but um
1: especially watching denzel go to the liquor store and sitting in his car and drink that liquor that great big liquor bottle drink it right out the bottle it's like jesus
0: yeah yeah Yeah, it's tough to watch but all right guys we got a lot of songs we got to cover here first one let's do this alan silvestri and chris snelling um this is the Forrest gump main theme it's an instrumental it's the piano piece in the beginning of the film you see with with the feather um pretty classic i mean when you hear it i kind of think of i always think of the movie
1: and you know yeah you know where it's from when you hear that sound yeah
0: and it's the feather you know it lands on I believe it lands on his like shoulder right and then he puts it in I'm puts curi- the feather in the curious george book yeah, yeah yeah so yeah a nice, a nice opener and he's got the dirty shoes too
1: yeah the, one, the ones that jenny brought him yeah for his birthday from three years back he's been running in them for three years never has worn any other shoes yeah and um who does alan silvestri the composer for this he's done a lot of movie scores he even including ones where tom hanks later started like castaway yeah he did the score for that and that was an amazing score
0: yeah that's another movie that had a lot of like a effect, special effects too with the,
1: the plane crash and,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and I, I think you see a lot of that in Robert Zemeckis's films because I think he partnered with like DreamWorks and like, they're like, I think they're like a special effects house right or or maybe their studio, but they do a lot of like special, like, you know, movies that have a lot of special effects in them. They do. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it, yeah. Zemeckis is awesome. Um, but <laughs> I won't go I'll I'll get off my uh, Zemeckis tan- tangent here but um we go to our next song it's Elvis Presley um so uh that's Hound dog and um yeah this this you see it uh Elvis
1: is staying at at the the house right Yeah for, at the the Mama Gum's house because she rents out all of her rooms sometimes and that's how she makes her money Yeah and um so
0: he's got, Force has got the braces on. Yeah. And he's dancing while, uh, while Elvis is playing the guitar.
1: He had him a guitar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was moving my hips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, this is a pretty funny scene. And then I believe this, this song, Hound Dog, is actually a cover, right? It's it is. not, Elvis didn't uh, originally write this. Of course, um, not
1: that, proving that, that he's a thief.
0: <laughs> it was written by, uh, what? Well, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's
2: debatable, like how I think it's debatable, like how copyrights were enforced back then to begin with. They didn't like have that co- same thing comes up with comedy, where people stealing jokes. But was it like stealing jokes, or did people just use the same jokes? It wasn't there wasn't, but there was
1: there was no copyright laws back then, were they? I mean, not to the extent that there are now. Were there? Uh, I mean, they,
2: they may have been, but who was enforcing it? Sort of thing, or, yeah. or how would you enforce it? Yeah,
1: whether or that they were in place to... So
0: so yeah I'm sure a lot of it a lot of it happened I mean yeah, I
2: just want to defend the king a little bit you know maybe play devil's advocate
0: yeah like remember in Sopranos they bring it up right like mm-hmm. some of the, the people stealing rights and stuff from yeah, different I think that that episode what was it a hit hit a hit is a hit or something a or... second season or yeah second season okay. yeah but um, mm-hmm. anyways so yeah they're, they're playing this song um, You ain't nothing but a hound dog, crying all the time. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. Those are some of the lyrics, Um, and this was wasn't this like Elvis's like first
1: real hit? I think so, yeah. Because what's it called? It was first big televised Mm -hmm. hit too. Yeah. So let me let me ask you: This scene did it take place before or after? um, What's it called? Mrs. Gump persuades the principal to let let her son attend school. Um, I think it I think it may be after.
0: But that, that is a pretty funny scene. The <laughs> whole <laughs>
1: scene is funny.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and, like, Lori Loughlin should have took notes off that. Sally Field Sally Field was incredible in this movie.
2: Like she not- Oh, my gosh, yeah. She was fantastic.
1: And she's only 10 years older than Tom Hanks in real life and just plays his mother in this film. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great point.
2: Yeah. That is a great point.
0: But, uh, yeah, this... I, I like how they they turn like forces like dancing into like how Elvis kind of steals it.
1: Yeah, uh huh. Like, <laughs> hey man, do that crazy dance you were just doing right there a minute ago, man.
0: Yeah, and then they, yeah, then he ends up seeing Elvis in the in the, the TV uh-huh. when they're walking by the store.
1: Yeah, if that was me, and I'd be like, "Hey, that's my dance. He got that from me. I'm gonna sue him." Yeah. I... I want a royalty, right? <laughs> and the mother, she's all offended by that, by her she's just gyrating hips and whatnot. She's like, "This is not for children's eyes, Faust? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "Lady, you just you just let the the principal smash you." So like, and your and your son heard everything.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> well, that's like the one theme about the movie that keeps going through. Like, it, it sort of begins with his mother, but it's sort of like everybody, just like hypocrisy. Yeah, Like, like this movie, like everyone's a huge hypocrite in this movie sooner or later. And it's, it's a strange theme that keeps coming up.
1: And and in her case, she did it for the best of intentions. Yeah. But it doesn't take away the hypocrisy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then, you know, Elvis, he gets the nickname, right? The, the, the king of rock and roll. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this, uh. I guess this song does have a lot of southern references too, right? Cause Elvis was from Elvis is from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And um I mean they the 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 film's not taking place in Mississippi. I believe it's Alabama. It's Alabama, yeah. But um there's some tie in there. Alabama's here. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama, sir. Um Your twins? <laughs> the next one the next song we're gonna go into is uh it's uh Dwayne Eddy, Rebel Rouser. Um that's another, this is another one too. Like when I, when I hear, when I heard this, it's like, it's got that real southern, like, that, that southern bass, <laughs> that, that
1: riff, yeah, that lets you know, okay, you're in the deep south now with that, that kind of, that kind of rhythm to your guitar.
0: Yeah. And that's, and this, uh, this is played in the scene where like, Forrest and Jenny are, are talking, and then he gets hit by uh, what a rock again.
1: Again, yeah. When he's he's a teenager this time. Yeah, he doesn't have no braces on his legs, but yeah. the same teens that were. I mean, the same guys that were fucking with him back when he was a kid. They're still doing it now. Like Angel got shit that was better to do.
0: <laughs> they didn't have internet or. <laughs>
1: they didn't have internet, and they clearly not getting no pussy neither. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably just jealous,
0: jealous of force because Jenny was, uh, Jenny was pretty good looking.
1: Jenny was pretty good looking, yeah, and she hadn't got to the point yet where she was letting everybody, every asshole, smash
2: yet.
0: <laughs> the, uh, yeah, what was she was uh, played by Robin
1: Wright? Yeah, Sean Penn's ex-wife. Yeah, yeah, she yes,
2: yeah, she was.
1: She was mm-hmm. a model too, I think. At one point, right? She was, yeah. I mean, and her first movie that, that she starred in was The Princess Bride in '87. Six years, what? Seven years. Oh wow okay wow yeah I, I forgot that was her yeah it was introducing robin wright princess buttercup yeah
2: <laughs> and this yeah. And i mean, she. go ahead obviously she's had an amazing career but the ceiling like, where she started with these movies it's fascinating like I mean,
1: she
2: i don't know i don't like the character but jenny is like a powerhouse in this film herself in yeah. many in many
1: ways in yeah, many she ways is. yep like she's like the female protagonist almost, maybe more so than Mama Gump. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the,
2: totally. Well, she's like a well, she's like a mirror to Forrest in a lot of ways. Like, like you know, t- it's fascinating to see like he's doing one thing, she's doing another, but they're always in like the opposite ends of the spectrum.
1: That's true. They are actually, yeah. Forrest never touched no drugs. She did. Um, yeah. Forrest had a stable home life, even though they were both raised by single parents. But she had a raw end of the deal.
0: Yeah, and She really did Yeah, she, and, and it's kind of We'll, we'll talk about the song later But there's that song by Fleetwood Mac You Can Go Your Own Way Oh yeah, during they're, the, the they're, running montage Yeah
1: And funny thing also With the Rebel Rouser scene It, it makes a good transition Into as far as getting a football scholarship
0: Yeah <laughs> Oh God And then he's like He's running uh, You know, he's running um, Past the, uh, the practice The football practice Yeah And that guy stops And then he gets hit you know? <laughs> and then when he's actually
1: playing football in college, a coach says, Run you stupid son of a bitch, run <laughs> He's like, He must be the stupidest son of a bitch to ever live. But he sure is fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he won you all your games. <laughs> put that put that coach on the map.
0: Yeah. So uh, and I mean when you look at this song, um, you know, the lyrics fit. Perfectly, you know. See the way he walks down the street. Watch the watches the way he shuffles his feet. You know, kind of a reference to how he how he runs so
1: fast. And, yeah. And in, yeah. So um, he held, he holds he holds his head his head up high when he runs too. I mean, running is where he's truly alive.
0: Yeah. So I think this song, yeah, just just fits perfectly. Yeah. So, what also, were we gonna say? Sorry.
1: Why, why wasn't he in the Olympics as fast as he is? I
0: know, right? Track and field. Track he and did, field.
1: He'd put everybody to shame.
0: Yeah. So, um, next song. Um, is the by Clarence uh, Frogman um, Henry? I don't know why, but I do. And this scene, this is when he's waiting outside of Jenny's school, right? Yeah. It's raining, mm-hmm. and then she pulls up in the car, and there he's she's making out with that guy, and then you know he he comes up and uh, you know lays the the smack down on him.
1: He pretty much just beats him when he when he, Jenny gets hit against the against the door, of the window, <laughs> against the door, of the window, she's she like, says, "Ow." Soon as far as heard that, he just went fuck. As <laughs> soon as he, 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 he gets the impression of anybody even harming Jenny, that, that drives him crazy. And that makes him go nuts.
0: Yeah, he just he just beats up everybody. I mean, everybody that lays a
1: finger on her. I mean, and that guy right there, he wasn't. I don't even think he was abusive. It's just like they're in such a cramped space. So yeah, she's gonna go against something and get like slightly hurt or whatever
0: yeah and then he he does it again in the in the strip club you know late and then i guess he 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 messes up the black panther party
1: i'm sorry i messed up your black panther party yeah he does leave a pat he
2: does leave a path of destruction behind him
0: yeah (laughs) he
2: does actually
0: yeah he definitely makes his presence known
1: so watergate that was his fault yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, I have a great hotel you need to stay at.
1: <laughs> Excuse me. That's some lights that keep keeping me awake.
0: <laughs> that's funny. So um, I don't know much about uh, about Clarence um, Henry. I know he's a, was he an R&B
1: singer. Um, like R&B, like some kind of southern blue, blue singer. Yeah. Um, Based on the way the song sounded. Yeah.
0: But the lyrics kind of match up with the scene perfectly. I don't know why. I I don't know why I love you, but I do. So it's like Force is still kind of trying to figure things out. Yeah, he's still,
1: he's still trying. To, he pines for Jenny, and he still can't. He hasn't figured out why she doesn't love him, and he hasn't articulated that question like he does later on when she comes to live with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jenny, he doesn't understand that Jenny is, she's messed up. She really is. She's a mess. And even during their childhood, when he said her father was very loving, touching, kissing her and her sisters, <laughs> I'm like, that's that's <laughs> not all he's doing, dude.
0: Yeah, it was. he was definitely kind of. Alluding to the abuse, I guess, or maybe he didn't abuse. even know. He didn't like, even know.
1: I mean, he, like Jenny said, he doesn't know no better.
0: Yeah, and then the the next the next song by the the, the Rooftop Singers, uh, this is a great segue uh, into the scene. The song is called uh, "Walk Right In," where they they go into the the Jenny's dorm room. Yeah, yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah, the uh, <laughs> they just sit there and um, they're talking, and then you know she. She like takes her bra off, and he's like, "Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah." He's, uh, he 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 comes on, he comes on her her gown, or whatever. was like, "That's possible." I, I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even realize that's what that's what was going on in that scene until fairly recently, and I had seen this movie over over three dozen times since it first came out. I'm like, he came on her sheets. That's what he meant when he said, "I think I messed it up,"
0: because <laughs> you don't hear it like you the audio is a little low. You don't hear it like the the first go around. And then, uh, then I love it when the camera pans to like the, the roommate, and she's like just like just like shriveled up, like looking back, like what the fuck? Yeah, just like uh, what is going on over there? But, yeah, uh, no,
1: it's 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 sexual, but it's not sex.
0: Yeah, and the and the song title fits perfectly with that. Walk right in, walk right in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and that uh,
1: was and that was probably the first time Forrest has been invited to a girl's dorm room too.
0: Yeah, so he's kind of figuring out his sexuality.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, and, and as a big football star on campus, he should he should have been pussy should have been falling out of his pockets, <laughs> not that he would know what to do with it since Jenny is one true love. Yeah,
0: and then the she mentions she mentions um, Joan bias Joan bias yeah. in the in that scene where she's like, don't you ever want to like figure out who you are and be like a full? She's like, I want to be a folk singer and be like Joan Bias, and then later on that song. Well, actually, it's our next our next song, you know, the blowing in the wind uh, song that she, I think that's a cover
1: right from Bob Dylan originally did that from Bob Dylan. Yeah. I mean, what's it called? When the forest, when he goes to, how the hell he found her at the strip club? I don't know.
0: Oh, he found. yeah. I don't know either, but he, he did see her in the magazine,
1: right? In the 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 Playboy Playboy magazine. Yeah. She got expelled for taking some pictures with her college sweater. on. (laughs) Yeah. Girls of the South Playboy did that. How much did they pay her though for that?
0: Yeah, uh, she got in trouble though. She lost her what? Sco- her kick- kicked out of school, right?
1: Yeah, she must have had a scholarship or something, really, because coming from where they are from, really, it's like I don't see them. It's possible that the parents had the money to pay for, it, but I don't think it was likely.
0: Yeah, yeah. But um, so she's she's in the she's in the strip club. club. She's playing that song,
1: acoustic playing a guitar, acoustic guitar, naked with some some high some white pumps on. Yeah. While she's just playing the acoustic guitar. It's like, lady, that, that that's what, that, I've never been to a strip club where they do that before.
0: <laughs> it was a little out of place, I'm not going to lie. But then he comes back in again and lays the smack down.
1: Yeah, on some, on some heckler. <laughs> <Again. sprint. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> they, they, they threw a drink on her, they threw a drink on her leg. It's like, dude, you just wasted some, you just wasted some good alcohol, you dummy. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: He, it. <laughs> that's it's so funny. He just like, he just like, Walks completely in front of everybody and yeah. then put and then picks her up, right? Like, doesn't he take her off? Try to take her of off stage, stage and, then and she like she like hits him with the guitar, the guitar and just walks it off stage and it, Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but this song really is like, it really fits in with the theme of the movie, right? The overall theme, the the feather, yeah, kind of blowing in the wind, and I feel like that's kind of like a commentary on Jenny and
1: Forrest's relationship, like they're. And more so than just a poetic description of what was going on in America at the time.
0: Yeah. And I mean, because this, this song is like, like you said, it's very, um, it's a lot of social commentary on what was going on uh, in the world and in the country right now. You had the... Foxy. Very yeah, folksy. Yeah. And you, know, you had the Vietnam War going on. You had, you know, race riots mm-hmm. and, you know,
1: lots of crazy stuff going on. So... yeah, this is the late 1960s, yeah. Yeah. And he, and he tells Jenny, what's was the next song?" Or the next song, song was uh,
0: next song is Wilson Pickett, "Land of a Thousand Dances,"
1: which is what they should have been playing in the strip club.
0: Yeah, actually, th- so this is this is this song's played when they're on the bridge, talking, and um, you hear it in the background.
1: Um, and one of the trucks are passing by, or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and um, I, I guess there's some references to like dancing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then she's just was just in a strip club, so I feel like that, you know, kind of works. And um,
1: it does. Yeah. It has a certain irony of it considering they're outside the strip club
2: now.
0: Yeah, and
2: um, well, it's like the the music either like is a real juxtaposition, or it's so on the nose it's not even funny. Yeah, yeah And and usually, yeah, usually when that happens, I don't really like it. But for some reason, like Zemeckis was able to nail it. Like every
1: time here. It's deliberate either way. Yeah.
0: And when you look at the lyrics. Exactly. Got to know how to pony like a bony maroney, mashed potato, do the alligator, put your hands on your hips. Yeah. so
1: and, and, and that song that was in that movie, what's it called? The Great Outdoors, at the end of the movie with uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Candy, where everybody's dancing in the bar. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man, I miss John Candy.
1: Great movie.
2: I love like, that movie. <laughs> it still holds up. It's still fun.
0: <laughs> then we got our next song by CCR, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, "Fortunate Son." I mean, this is like the the quintessential Vietnam '60s song. Um, you see, they play it when they're when they're on the chopper on the Huey.
1: Oh, yeah, when they're about to touch down. Yeah, yeah. But but the way this scene was, the way this song was used, the landscape. You see the Vietnam landscape, the waters, and you see the familiar opening drum break of the song and in the, in the guitar rip. it's like, yeah, this song was tailor made for Vietnam.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's almost. Oh come- God.
2: Yeah. this song is still on the nose.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like it's a nod to, um, it's a nod to Oliver Stone, you know, like, uh, Platoon had come out, what in 80, 86, 86. And, um, you know, there's a lot of great music in that. I mean, I think Zemeckis does it with The Doors, obviously, too. Oh, yeah, he does. He because does. there's a few songs in the in the in this movie
1: by The Doors. So. I'm surprised he didn't use a Rolling Stones song in here, but he probably didn't want to be accused of biting Marty Scorsese.
0: Yeah. You know, with, I believe Martin Scorsese was like his film school teacher, right? At NYU or something like that. I think
1: so, yeah. But ultimately, he learned a lot of it from Spielberg.
0: Yeah. So this song um CCR Fortunate Son I mean it's essentially about it's essentially about um what draft dodging right there is like rich you know Basically. rich rich uh, sons of either senators, senators or wealthy businessmen who got deferments from they don't got go,
1: they don't got to go to war although what's it called oliver stone he, he he's the son of a rich man and he probably got a deferment but wanted to go anyway
0: yeah i, I believe he volunteered
1: yeah just like his character it's like sheen's character in platoon who was supposed to be a mirror of him yeah so they're like you volunteer? yeah what the fuck you volunteer for <laughs> i didn't think it was fair that the poor kids go off and the rich kids to stay home oh you're a crusader okay <laughs> that was king <laughs> yeah
0: so we got ourselves a crusader. <laughs> I mean, you, you look at, you look at the, the lyrics. Some folks are born made to wave the flag Ooh, they're red, white, and blue. And when the band plays hail to the chief, Oh, they we point the, the cannon Canada. at you. Uh, it ain't me. It ain't me. I'm not no Senator's son. So I there know. you go. Pretty on the nose there.
2: Yeah, that's probably my favorite line. Yeah. I ain't no Senator's son. And then, um, no, but they but they point the cannon at you is pretty direct. Like, yeah, is. like the poor people need to face the bullet.
1: Yeah, that's very direct. That's why they included that portion in there. So if we go to our next song by Four
0: Tops, uh, I can't help myself. Um, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. I like this song because it's like a really good. It's a really good transition from the CCR the CCR song, and then like they see all the. Uh, the the grilling and people kind of like part i don't want to say partying but mm-hmm. they're like having barbecues and drinking beer and soda and it's mm-hmm. like you, you see this like alternate kind of image of vietnam you're like wait they don't know they don't know what's in for them right like mm-hmm. this is this is going to be a surprise like it's not it's not a barbecue on the beach right this nah. is this is war
1: it's war yeah what's it called except for all the water and the shrimp it was different yeah and Bubba, all he's thinking about when he gets down there, these Walters, they got good shrimp in these Walters. We do some good shrimping. I'm like, dude, you're here, you, you here to kill people during the war. You ain't here to be thinking about no shrimp.
0: <laughs> and then you have uh, Lieutenant Dan, right? They get uh, introduced to Lieutenant Dan,
1: and then Aretha Franklin comes on. in respect. Tent. Yeah, I respect. And what was it going Lieutenant Dan comes out, and he with a toilet paper roll, like he just got finished taking a dump. <laughs> you, must be, you must be my new FNGs. Yeah. Fucking new guys. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
0: it took me a long time to realize what that acronym meant. Me too, then, me too. But uh, when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what it means now. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. This is, point, this is on point. Um, it was funny. He's like, what are you guys, twins? No, we are not
1: relations, sir. And I, he, <laughs> as far as he just takes everything so literally. <laughs>
0: he's like, and then he's like, so you guys are from Arkansas, huh? And they look at <laughs> each other
1: like, Arkansas? We can say that.
0: Yeah, he's like, Little Rock's a fine town. I've been through
1: there a few times myself.
0: <laughs> he's like uh, uh, He gives him the advice too It's funny He's like He's like There'll be one thing That will save you He's like Socks O.D. Green
1: <laughs> O.D. Green may tell you Change your socks Every time we're out In a run uh, uh, I'm a meat grunt or batter about to Run a grunt, a grunt, a grunt, a grunt, a feet wide off his legs Sergeant Sams <laughs> God damn it Where's that sling rope I requisition <laughs>
0: And then Forrest was like He uh, his like One of his family members Died in every, every single, single War
1: yeah, American War. <laughs> Civil War, Korean, World War One, World War Two. It's like <laughs> Damn. He has a he has a lot to live up to. Yeah.
0: But um, you know, then, then the I think the respect song just works it works so well, like with, you know, Lieutenant Dan being an officer.
1: Yes. You know. And, and considering his and Forrest's relationship later on. Yeah. It's like it's mutual respect when they're out of war and they made money with the bubblegum shrimp company, but Forrest, he still kinda defers Lieutenant Dan and calls him exactly that, Lieutenant Dan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then this this one I think was um I didn't know respect was actually written by Otis Redding. That's pretty crazy.
2: Yeah, that that threw me for a loop too.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought Aretha Franklin wrote it, but Me too. Hmm, interesting. But it still came out wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a definite. Oh,
2: absolutely. I mean But it's like um when you find out Prince wrote um Just Another Manic Monday or something. By the Bengals? Like you there? forget a lot. Pretty wow. sure. He wrote, he
1: wrote, wow. I mean, Prince does yeah, get, feel some, free to fact check me on that. <laughs> I mean, Prince does get
0: some but, songwriting um, credits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not exactly, but it's just,
2: you find this stuff out and you're like, damn, those guys are just talented musicians all around. It's not just one thing they can do. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, um, it's got to be at the coup of the century for Aretha Franklin to get that song because how do you, how do you not hear that song and, and not immediately think of her singing it?
1: Right. Exactly. Because that Otis writing wrote it. Like, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You hear respect. I don't care who's covering it. Aretha Franklin is the first person I think of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then we we have the Beach Boys here. That's the next song, uh, "Sloop John B." It's kind of. It you didn't really. He- I didn't hear this like initially when I watched the movie the first time. You kind of hear it in the background, but um, still, I think again, very fitting because like it's like the they kind of feel like they're on a beach, right? Like, it, looks,
1: it looks like there's a beach party. Yeah, even though know, yeah. they're on a military base near water. And any time, they could be hit by the Viet Cong. Yeah. But it's like... Yeah,
2: exactly. And this song also threw me for a little bit of loop because this is actually one of my favorite Beach Boy songs. Oh, yeah? But you figured this movie would have, like, one of the more quintessential, um, I don't know, Little Deuce Coop or something like that. Like, something a bit more, like, classic Surf for Americana. But this song's, like a little odd duck from them. Cause it's, it's not a happy song at all. If you actually listen to the lyrics, it's about like kids being tortured by their parents in some way, you know? Um, it's pretty so dark. I just thought it was so fascinating that this is what they chose.
1: <laughs> it's, it's pretty dark. Yeah.
0: And I think it fits into like you were saying, Derek, the juxtaposition, right? Like it looks like a, you know, everything looks like a party, but in reality, the Vietnam war, it's, it wasn't a party at all. I mean, a lot of death and destruction, but then exactly it, again just transitioned so perfectly into the next scene where you have them walking through the rice paddies, and then you have Jimi Hendrix, um,
1: all along the all along the watchtower. Oh yes, that that that's a great that's a great one to use for Vietnam. And the one place one movie where I thought that it was beautifully used, Watchmen. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I think you're legally required to use this song. Yeah. Um, if you're doing anything about Vietnam, I think it's in the bylaws or something. Really,
0: <laughs> it, it's got to be.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean.
0: And this was a cover, um, the second actual cover in 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 the film because you had the Joan Baez cover of um, what was that song? Um, blown in the wind. Blown in the wind, and now you have this one, which was a Bob Dylan song. Um, covered by Jimi hendrix and i believe it was off the electric lady ladyland album which is an awesome album oh yeah most tough. um but yeah this this one wow i mean you just feel like you're there you're in the trenches like walking <laughs> the, the the vibe of the song is it's very immersive yeah but um you look at the lyrics too there must be some kind of way out of here like i mean said the joker to the thief but who's the joker in this case and who's the thief I mean, you can argue probably like, you know, the businessmen or the politicians, politicians, you know, that that's the thing that's so cool about Bob Dylan's lyrics you can, that you can leave a lot of things open to interpretation. They do so, in a, in a lot of imagery yeah. they use. So, yeah. So well,
2: that's, well, that's a, that's a great point. Like, and that's sort of a lost art form in music to me, like, like so much music now is like, they're just saying whatever's on their mind, which is, which is fine. But some of these songs, especially from the 60s and 70s, I mean, you can just listen to them over and over again. And while they sound great, you still might not know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. Like, um, particularly with the, I don't want to jump ahead, but particularly like The Doors' Soul Kitchen. Um, like, I, I don't know what the hell he's talking about, but it sure does sound good. <laughs> but. Yeah,
0: yeah, The Doors. That's another band that's like psychedelic, kind of their lyrics are just... All over the place, and like you said, you can leave it open to an interpretation. I mean, I think the song that uh, the Doors song, um, and we'll jump to
1: that one. Um, Soul
0: Kitchen, Soul Kitchen. All right, my uh, my computer's acting funky here, but yeah, Soul Kitchen. I mean, that one is uh. I feel like it's about kind of forces, uh, like kind of soul getting eaten up by the war, like just kind of how the, if that makes
1: any sense. And plus, I noticed that you I noticed that you also wrote right here that it's playing in a scene where Forrest, he's ordered by Lieutenant Dan to clear a tunnel. And it's like, okay, that's a nod, that may be a nod to platoon when Elias went into the tunnel to clear something out with a handgun, too, no less. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, that's what you had to do. You had to crawl through there with a flashlight and a forty-five, and and that was all you had. Like, talk about a terrible job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. especially if you didn't know where that and, tunnel and would it, end. Yeah, and this this song would be great for like total confusion.
0: Yeah, and you see yes, it, it. would. You, you see it like, you know, in platoon. Like we were just talking about, like, like when Elias goes into the tunnels with the pistol mm-hmm. and. Um, you see I feel like he's not it's another nod again to to Oliver Stone cuz you see that in Platoon um and then of course he did he did the Doors movie so
1: Oh yes he did yeah yeah and he had a Doors song used in Platoon too what's it called the Riders of the Storm Yeah Yeah so um yeah a lot yeah.
0: Of, a lot of a lot of good uh, a lot of good Doors stuff in this movie so we go to the next one here uh It's Mamas and the Papas California Dreaming um This yeah, one This one <laughs> Like, yeah, an epic, epic song, you know, used in the six, in the sixties. I feel like I always think of like, you know, hippies when I hear this song and then it's played obviously when they're in the, what the, the, the VW.
1: The VW. Yeah. When she gets in with all those other hippies. Yeah. Which is, which is the hippie automobile the VW. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And, um, it's also played, I think when he's writing
1: letters, right? He's writing letters while it's still raining outside under his tent. Yeah. Yeah, bunch of letters he wrote her like every single day from the way it looked.
0: Yeah, and then uh, he ends up getting them all back, right? Like later, they all return
1: return to sender. Yeah, she didn't she didn't live at that spot no more.
0: Yeah, so then it transitions into Buffalo
1: Springfield, right? Oh yes, for what it's worth, which is a great. Great song. Didn't Public Enemy sample this song for what's it called? Um, for the song "He Got Game" on the on the soundtrack of the movie of the same name, and they actually had uh, the lead singer from Buffalo Springfield sing his part on that song too. Did you know that um, Neil Young was
0: actually part of Buffalo Springfield too? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, a little trivia there for you guys.
1: And he gets and he gets a slight <laughs> conclusion here eventually too, as we'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. um... And it, I, I think it's it's so cool because it works with the vibe. They're just walking in the rain, yeah, and then the rain stops. suddenly stops. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the song just and this song. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say, and this song's so haunting too. Like it's it's a war song, but it's not like an it's not necessarily angry. It's like so pensive, and it it really fits like the scene, like you're saying, like they're just walking around. They're just literally saying there's something happening here, and nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, but it's such a unique, like haunting piece of music.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially considering what's about what does go down once the sun finally comes up. Yeah, they get ambushed. Yeah. It's how we stop children. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down and ambush.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I think, I, I, I
1: think that battle was on point. That battle was sick.
0: Yeah, that battle was like very well done in terms of like effects and just having like uh, you know, re- just the reality of it, you know, like the bullets flying by and it was re- really well done. It made, made you feel like
1: you were right there. And, and plus everybody, all the soldiers had to get no, their totally. bearings. And far on the ground. He has to roll over with that heavy ass backpack on him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Were you going to say yeah. something, Derek? And this is,
2: I mean, yeah. Well, I had a movie that had gut-wrenching scenes. I mean, the, the war, the war part of the film, I mean, obviously leads to the, one of the worst parts of it for me, at least when I was a kid, like a lot of the Jenny stuff got lost in subtext when I was a kid. When I watched this, but when when he loses Bubba, it's like such a slap in the face.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a gut wrenching scene. And
2: know
1: the right? mm-hmm. whole thing is, is when he runs past Bubba after the, after the um, Lieutenant Dan told him to pull back, and he realizes he doesn't he ran so far past everybody he doesn't know where they're at now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And he, I mean it fits into he does exactly what Jenny, Jenny told, told him, him to, to do. do. Yeah. And you see yeah. it also well, um... you see it in Platoon as well. Like remember when King he he talks to um Taylor and he says there ain't there ain't no um
1: don't be no hero out here.
0: Yeah, there's no such thing as a coward out here. Like, oh, yeah. you know. And unless you're Sergeant O'Neill. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, it's just such a gut-wrenching scene.
1: He's just finding everybody one by one. And then, of course, the last person he finds is his best friend. Bubba, who's dying. And he, and he tried to pass off as a flesh wound. But it's like, uh-uh, Forrest, he ain't going to buy that. You don't buy it either. And Lieutenant Dan, the scene before that when he had to get Lieutenant Dan, he trips over Dan. and You see Dan's legs are all bombed out. It's like, okay, he's not. He can't get up.
0: Yeah. And it's crazy because he's like, Lee, just leave me here, you know. Um, yeah, he wanted to die. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, like later on, you, f- you find out more about that. There's like so many good scenes that kind of almost make you teary eyed in this movie. Yeah. The testament, the
1: um, testament. How oh my God. Yeah.
0: Are. Yeah. And definitely the scene where he dies in forces arms, you know, we were just talking about, and he's like kind of doing his monologue over it. You know, he's like, he's his voiceover, he's like, you know. Bubba was my best friend. He's like, but that's not something you just find around the corner, yeah. and that really hit hard. Like, yeah,
1: and that's all I have to say okay. about that.
0: Yeah. So it it was uh, it's a pretty rough scene, but
1: yeah, and, and how it trans- yeah,
2: especially when you consider like all of the people that that Gump meets, like this is obviously his true soulmate. Like in some in some very weird ways. Yeah, you like, know, his like, his hetero
1: life mate, the whole thing. Yeah, his his hetero life mate. That's why basically. I
0: was yeah, I mean they were gonna go into yeah, business no, totally, together.
1: Totally. Yeah. So yeah. yeah that no. was his. That was his homie right there. And I like the transition it makes. When what's it called? When he goes to the hospital, the ice cream they gave me all the ice cream I could eat. And I said <laughs> they they said <laughs> yeah, I know. had one of the million dollar wounds, but I ain't see a penny of that money. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot.
0: <laughs> oh man. And then, in the, you know, um, in that scene, I mean, I, I believe it's where he's sleeping or something. I, I, And then Lieutenant Dan, like, grabs him off the bed. That's later. That's later, yeah. Yeah. That one was, yeah. like, the next scene I was going to say that was, like, really rough, you know. Don't want to jump ahead, but
1: that one kind of was an eye-opener for me as well. Especially considering Lieutenant Dan, him and Forrest in the hospital, when he offers him ice cream, he's like, what's wrong with Dan? What's up with him? Oh, he don't got no legs. That's where I,
0: okay. Yeah. So this next song we have by Jackie DeShannon. Uh, yeah, what, what, what the, the world, world needs now is love.
1: When is this played in the movie? I'm trying to remember. The scene where um Forrest is uh, a, <clears throat> right when they're watching, right when they're watching, what's it called? That uh, NPR video or whatever. Yeah. And then one's like, Gump, how can you watch that stupid shit? Turn it <laughs> off. He turns it off. You hear the music in the background.
0: Okay, that's what it was. <laughs> That guy was that like Tex or something? I'm no. trying to remember the character because like it, was, it wasn't Tex. It was the other dude that got burnt on oh, the glasses
1: that he found. Yeah,
0: yeah. He was like Dallas or something, or he was from. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy who burnt his arm was all burned, and then he mm-hmm. eventually ends up losing his arm. But um,
1: yeah. Okay, and because uh, I I was like I don't remember this song, but um, yeah. Right on the onset when he first learns how to play ping pong, and when the ping pong bomb ball literally flies over his head.
0: Yeah, and that's when he kind of falls in love with ping pong for lack of a better
1: word right yeah yeah what's it called the soldier teaching, like never take your eye off the ball <laughs> all right go and then the, the door song plays
0: yeah which is the hello i love you right that's the i like that. i like that track um it's just it's got it's catchy you know it's got that don't don't, you know
1: oh yeah and what's it called it was um the kinks tried to say that the the doors the Doors stole that song from from their own from the Kinks song All Day and All the Night, which I remember being used when I was a kid in those Jolly Ranger commercials back in the nineties. The ones that used to take place on the beach. I believe that you and me last oh, yeah. forever.
0: Yeah. No, that, that's that oh, really, really. Wow. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: The Kinks. That's another another epic band, right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean this is this fits perfectly, I feel like. He's fallen in love with ping pong hello i love you i mean
1: yeah and plus it's not even a protest song about war even though it's been used in plenty of vietnam war movies platoon and casualties of war
0: yeah then they then they put they have another door song here break on through to the other side which is probably
1: one of my favorite door side door songs yeah when farce is like monomaniacally playing playing ping pong even by himself and people are just behind him placing bets. like what's it called it's a spectacle yeah (laughs) <laughs> even the hospital staff and the and his fellow soldiers is like damn dude you should be charging them to look why watch you do this
0: <laughs> yeah it, it uh and he does break through the other side i mean he becomes this like international star right i he, mean like
1: he does yeah he does and like as i posted there was a song on the bridge everybody loves my baby she gets high she gets high it's like that's base. that's might be about jenny yeah yeah i think you're right um and this song fades out right as Lieutenant Dan pulls Forrest down. Pulls Forrest down to tell him, mm. that "I'm nothing but a goddamn cripple. You cheated me."
0: Yeah, that 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 was a scene where I was like, "Holy crap, man! Like, this really that it, it's just real. I mean, like, it's as real as it can get, you know, yeah. in terms of what what happens in war. Like, people just losing losing
1: their legs or their maims or." And like armor-piercing questions that Lieutenant Dan was asking Forrest. Dan's in tears, angry. Like, you know what it's like to not have the use of your legs, and Forrest half-scared answers. He answers truthfully, like "Yes, sir, I do." I mean, he had leg braces, so yeah, he knows.
0: Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, he he's like, "What are you trying to be, a smartass?" ass?
1: <laughs> yeah, he knows, Lieutenant. He's not trying to be. He's too dumb to be a smartass.
0: <laughs> oh man, the um, but yeah, it's just it's it's a it's a real scene, man. Like, and then. He he says that epic last, like, one line where he's like, I, um, Gary Sinise, he goes, you know, I used to be Lieutenant Dan Taylor, and he's like, you are still Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan, Dan Taylor. Taylor. Like, that's mm. that was so, I don't know, it just hit it, hard.
1: It hits hard. It's simple, but it hits really hard.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, and you got to top your hat off to Eric Roth. I mean, he wrote, the script is so good. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's so good. So, yeah. yeah, well,
2: that's the crazy thing about it. As simple as Forrest Gump is, like every character around him, it's also like going through all this turmoil and has these poignant moments. Like, yeah. it's, and it's shared like, throughout the cast. It's really, it's 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 really such a fascinating thing how the movie does that. Because sometimes movies are driven by like one central character. Like you think about a Pacino film. Like, um, what's the movie where he he plays the blind man? A sense of a Woman.
0: Sensei, like, yeah, that yeah. movie's
2: all about Pacino just just pounding through that movie and, and doing all this wild stuff. Whereas here, like, a lot of what Tom Hanks does is actually really subtle, and everyone around him is just going through these cathartic moments.
1: Yeah, it's like he, he's the only one that doesn't really have an existential crisis. Yeah.
2: Exactly. He just he just powers through. But just real quick, um, yeah. just in the middle of the movie, a great way to put it. Like um like Forrest Gump as an allegory for America right like, like Forrest Gump manages to just pound through everything even though he's not that smart he, he's just able to fixate and work really hard and he pushes through anyway and and I've just heard that theory over the years like does that sort all hold water with you guys in terms of how this this movie plays out or do you think that's reading into it a bit too much?
1: No, it's not reading into it too much. Nah, that's a good interpretation of it actually. I mean I don't know how he would how he would how we would uh apply Forrest Gump as a metaphor for America in its current state right now, but other than that, I can I can see that that's a good that's a good take on it, Derek.
0: Yeah, maybe I would say like twenty like what, ten, fifteen years ago maybe, when when, you know, people working hard was the way you got ahead, right? Like you you, yeah. you, you know, capitalism, you work hard, you'll be rewarded. Right. And I feel like that holds true with Forrest Gump. Um, I think, you know, you got to be lucky too, right? And oh, I think
1: luck plays a big part in that, especially with Bubba Gump.
0: Yeah. Um, and I feel like Forrest Gump d- does kind of get lucky and fall into things and beca- ends up becoming very successful. Um, but he's a hard worker too. So I th- I think that's right on Derek. Yeah. That's
1: right on point. He's not, yeah, he's not lazy. He's oblivious, but puts in work. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and you you, you keep seeing it throughout, like, going back to the war scene. Like, what they tell him? Run. And all he did was run. And just because he did that really well, he ends up saving people. And um, same thing with the shrimp. Like, he just kept doing it, and then he got lucky. And that's, that's some of the business. You know, he's just the right a time. But it just keeps coming back, like.
1: Yes, he does. Even, even, his, even he, he was successful in the military too. It's like, what's it called? He basically just simplified it with the drill sergeant, and never had no problems. And what the drill sergeant say, if it wasn't exactly. such, a, if it wasn't just a waste of damn fine enlisted men, I recommend you for OCS. You are gonna make general someday, Gump. Well, he made sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: yeah. And then we got our next song here: um, Sar- Simon and Garfunkel, uh, "Mrs. Robinson." I feel like I heard this song in, like, it was covered by
1: a band in the in Wayne's World. In right? Wayne's World, too, the scene where he's yelling,
3: Cassandra,
2: yeah. Wayne! <laughs> I think it's been, I was going to say, I think it's been covered a couple of times now. Yeah. Um. A lot. Like, some, I think, I feel like some band when I was a teenager did it, or it was Green Day or something like that. But, um, but no, I mean, again, like, the most American song you can ask for. Yeah. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. It, it lyrically, it's an upbeat pop song about infidelity, specifically infidelity with an older woman.
0: Because it was in the yep. Graduate, right? Yeah, um, it,
1: it was. It was in the Graduate, made specifically for the Graduate. Yeah. But here, it's like it's using the the scene where Forrest gets awarded the Medal of Honor by President LBJ. He asks, "Where were you wounded directly in the butt?" Talks. That's. Quite, I would like to see that. <laughs> okay, and just moons him on national television. It's like idiot. I think Johnson was, ki- well, actually, I don't think he was kidding. I think a lot of them presidents have like a, have like some kind of like in the closet subtext.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was funny.
1: Probably why, probably why he whispered it to him too, instead of just saying it out loud on, on camera. And he was like, damn son. Like, <laughs> I not, like I was kidding, man. Kind yeah.
0: Of. Oh man. that That's funny. Um, then we got the what Jefferson Airplane, right? Oh yeah, and they were in volunteers. Platoon. And they were in platoon as well too for their song White Rabbit. And this was played when the it was the speech scene, right? On the
1: Yeah, the the, the Vietnam War protest scene right on the uh the reflecting pool.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this is the famous scene where like Jenny sees him, right? And like <gasps>
1: <laughs> but the whole scene Before as is happening though, was like Forrest is accidentally Brought into this Vietnam War protest Yeah He's not like Hey I'm I wanna you know Give a speech or anything They just push him up On the stage And then the person That actually cut off The um That's actually cut off The mic That was Dick Stilwell The commissioner From season one Of The Wire Who only appeared In that one episode Wow
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, wow
0: Yeah That's crazy mm-hmm. Interesting Yeah
1: Um Now how the whole Everybody, all the all the speculators out there, they bare, they barely even, they didn't even hear Farz's speech. All they heard was, "That's all I got to say about that." <laughs> but they still cheered him anyway. Go! Yeah.
0: And that guy uh, didn't. Who there was? There was the guy leading it, and he was like,
1: he was like, like you said, he was like Gump. Yeah, he was give like, it up
0: for Gump. Gump.
1: And every time he said the f word, people started to cheer <laughs> and clap. <laughs> <laughs> the worn viet fucking NAM
0: <laughs> that guy was intense <laughs> yeah, he was
1: who was he though he's a real he's a real historical figure
0: yeah i'll have to look that up but uh, he, had an American he had to be black. so he had to be somebody like uh some protester but so i mean what do you think about the song title like volunteers like
1: i think it has a certain irony about it i mean what's it called the um the whole Volunteers album, though, it was very, it was overtly political. It was, it was a very s- strong departure from their usual psychedelic, drug-induced type of lyrics and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, even the cover, even the cover had them like on like some kind of like a, look like a political sticker, and the color, the color of it was red, white, and blue too, which added to the political, the political nature of the album.
0: Yeah. Then you, I mean. You, you look at the, the lyrics, um, got a revolution, got to revolution. Who will take it from you? We will. And who we are and who we are, excuse me. Who are we? Uh, we are volunteers of America.
1: Um, and, and it's worth noting that that album and that song had a lot of profanity in it. One of the first of its kind and long before Tipper Gore formed the, uh, had, had albums sl- slap with a parental advisory sticker. <laughs> yeah. Really? Uh huh. That
0: is interesting. Um, Then we go to the next song here. We got Jimi Hendrix, Uh, Hey Joe.
1: (laughs) It's funny how this song was used, the Black Panther Party.
0: (laughs) Well, wasn't there rumors, I think, at one point where um, I think Jimi Hendrix was being investigated
1: by the FBI? Probably, probably. Hoover, he investigated everybody.
0: And that Black Panthers were, too. I know for sure were being investigated by Hoover Mm -hmm. uh,
1: and Nixon and... He, he should have been investigated. I mean, rumor was he liked to dress in drag.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was a strange guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, he figured if he had dirt on everybody, including the president, then he, he could stay in power. That's how he stayed in power for 50 years Yeah, FBI director.
0: Yeah, he was, he yeah. was a weird guy. Um, I, I remember watching Nixon, and he's a big character in that film, uh, played by Bob Hoskins. Did and, you... and he was just really good. Bob Hoskins did a really good job.
1: Did you see the um the the Clint Eastwood? Oh, wow.
2: It was so good. <laughs> oh yeah, it was
1: dope. The Clint Eastwood movie J Ho- J Edgar with uh with DiCaprio who played the play the
2: character. Did you see that? I haven't seen it. Is it good or? It was pretty good. I I did see it and I was actually really surprised at how good it was. Um, there were some scenes where I, I, I there were some scenes the movie where I was like really surprised that movie didn't get more play. Especially with DiCaprio, especially with Eastwood directing, like that movie delivered some really good scenes and um I don't know. If if it's true, like that guy was a lot more interesting than people made him out to be. Yeah.
1: I mean they did have like a quasi gay scene in there with him and Army Hammer.
0: Yeah, and then he does he does like in, in Nixon, I think he has I'm not sure if it's his like lover or something, but it's a guy, I don't know if it's a guy he works with or whatever, but I mean, like, there's definitely hints to that, you know, that that yeah, could have been a thing.
1: Yeah, the guy that Arnie Hammer played, that was one of his uh, co-workers, actually, one of his subordinates. Okay. A close one.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah but back A Confidant. The, a confidant, yeah, yeah, we use that term loosely. <laughs> this, this song, the Jimi Hendrix song, Hey Joe, yeah, that's another cover song, actually. And it was the last song that was played in the original 1969 Woodstock festival. Uh, and that's, ma- <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that, funny a uh, funny thing. Uh, let me go on, on on a side for that. I found like the Woodstock documentary perform- and performance on Blu-ray at a at a dollar store recently. Oh wow! Yeah, I had to pick it up. It was only five bucks, and it's like it's like a deluxe edition. I'm like, I'm taking this. Oh, that's a steal, man! Hell yeah.
0: This song has just got incredible build up too, like, and it works so perfectly for this scene because this is this is when, uh, when that guy hits Jenny, right? Yeah,
1: like, <laughs> and he was and he was already being a dick to Forrest when he first met. Him. Like, who's the baby killer? You have got like you guys are war protesters, but you shit on soldiers too. Yeah, and he just lays the smack down on him though, like yeah. just beats the shit out of him, just tackles him, practically <laughs> trad- <laughs> spears him like Goldberg, <laughs> and starts beating them. You can hear the punches too. Yeah. He's <laughs> like I knew it was going to yeah, be Yeah Gump doesn't some- mess around man. What's that? Gump what, doesn't mess around
0: Yeah he doesn't mess around
1: No <laughs> oh, he doesn't You so you hit Jenny He'll fuck you up <laughs> And he beat that He was like I knew it was going to be Some bullshit hassle <laughs> He should not be hitting you Jenny <laughs> <laughs> so- I love
2: you Jenny
1: I'm sorry I ruined your Black Panther party <laughs> Oh man Idiot <laughs>
0: But uh, th- th- this this just works perfectly with the scene, um, and like you know, hey Joe, I said, where are you going with that gun in your hand? I mean, he essentially is referring to the violence, right, where yeah. that
1: guy slaps Jenny. Yeah, basically, yeah. Even though the lyrics themselves, they are basically about a man going on the run after he killed his unfaithful girlfriend and and her lover that she that he caught them with. Yeah. Yeah,
0: great great song choice. Um, so the next song we have here is uh, Peter Paul and Mary. Uh, where have all the flowers gone? And this is
1: played when they're walking around DC, right? DC at night, yeah. After the Panther Party, they're walking around DC at night, and just talking about their experiences. And um, funny thing is, this song it was released at a period in the early '60s when folks, when folk music was on a real revival.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then um, I mean, it's it, I think it works because it's it's a pretty chill song, and they're just kind of strolling through DC at night. And DC's you know is very pretty at night with all the lights and the, the monuments, little, the and, lights,
1: monuments, and nobody on the move, no no politicians on the move or nothing like that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think it has it definitely has references to you know the, the Vietnam War. War and force being a, a veteran, where have all the soldiers gone, long time passing. Uh, where have all the soldiers gone long time ago
1: gone to graveyards everyone it's a meditation on death and while it's also doubles as an anti-war protest
0: and they're walking by monuments right I yeah. mean there you have the World War to memorial um, so I, it just fits perfectly I mean whoever Zemekis had to be uh, the, the music music composer, the music, composer or the music uh, supervisor, was just did a great job.
1: Oh, yeah, they did. And plus, and with all the music that they chose for this film, it's like it must have just taken up half their budget, more than half their budget, just like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies.
0: Yeah, because of all the royalties I'm sure they had to pay to... But I'm like, y'all better hope y'all recoup in the box office. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I mean, think about it. <laughs> I consider it one of the greatest movies ever made. I mean, Forrest Gump to me is just so much subject matter,
1: so much, the characters. Like you said earlier, it's one of the most American films. Yeah. So, totally,
2: totally. No, I mean, I think it's definitely one of the movies of the 90s. Um, and, and again, like, just going back to Tom Hanks' like, dominance as an actor, never mind the Metis Demet- was probably still in his prime, like coming off the um, the Back to the Future films and a couple other really good things he was doing. Like, like, didn't he do Romancing the Stone? um yeah. know, that was probably earlier in the 80s Well, michael played. douglas and, but uh, anyway
0: yeah michael douglas and i forget how turner kathleen turner, turner yeah that was a good yeah yeah
2: yep, that was a big hit for him um but but i mean it was one of the top three films of the 90s top 10 films of the 90s probably along with philadelphia and apollo 13 the, like he was go ahead
1: yeah, Hanks was definitely doing it back in the '90s too. I mean, really, he, he had, and starting with Philadelphia, like you said, that was that was when he made the, that was when he made a full time transition to being a dramatic actor right there.
0: Yeah, because he used to be a exactly. comedy actor.
1: Yeah, he, he was funny in comedies, like Dragnet with Dan Aykroyd in '87. That was funny.
2: Yeah. That's an underrated movie. I'm so glad you mentioned that movie. That it's movie, <laughs> like that movie's fucking nuts, man, and no one talks about it. Not, crazy.
1: Although the, the one scene in the film that I still don't get is when Tom Hanks is, incur- is interrogating a suspect and keeps slamming a do- slamming a drawer shut and it's and it's hurting the guy's nutsack somehow it's like how <laughs> like your balls and this drawer shut oh ah! ah! like, how his balls are not in the drawers how are you hurting him. Some movie magic, right? <laughs> yeah, that's all I can chalk it up to, movie magic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I to say, you just got a, um, you know, artistic license there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could
0: say that. So the next song we got here, The Youngbloods, Get Together. So this was, uh, what, released in 1967
1: off their self-titled album. Yes. And it was used in the scene where the montage scene were about Jenny's journey as a hippie through California. Yeah, how she was expanding her mind and whatever that
2: means out west somewhere.
1: (laughs) Taking a lot of drugs. Yeah, this
2: song. Yeah, Yeah, but this song and I mean San Francisco, I mean these are just peak hippie movement. Like
1: (laughs) that was like California's like the mecca for hippies right there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well,
2: I mean, California is always going to be a place where, I don't know, I don't know, this might be changing, actually. Um, But, you know, definitely, last century, for sure, like, California was just the place to do something different or be different. And, um, I don't know, these songs just sum that up perfectly.
1: And for like, this
2: is, this is literally, yeah. if you were trying to be a hippie, these songs are exactly what you were looking for.
1: And for California's chill vibe that they have reportedly still had today, I mean, everybody tells me everybody oh, who's from totally. up, everybody from here who goes out to California is like they tell me that oh it's a different vibe out there. I mean, it's chill. They're different. People are just nicer. Girls are nicer. Nobody's on the move like they are here. I'm like, I want to experience that one day. I,
2: I mean, you should. I went to California for three days as part of a business trip. Yeah, and I. I, I loved absolutely every minute of it. Like you go to places on the East coast and I don't think you realize that because you're in it all the time, mm-hmm. but people are, are a bit more on edge. Maybe it's the weather, maybe it's the competitive nature we have out here, Yes. but people are just automatically kinder in California. It's it's the craziest thing. To experience.
1: And I hope, hope one day I get to go out there and see that for myself. Yeah. My sister because... lives out there in San
0: Francisco. So, uh, it's tough now, but I mean, hopefully, when things kind of get, kind of get to, you know, get squared away with with the pandemic, uh, we'll be able to go and and see it, and things, you know, kind of settle down. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so. For now. But yeah, this song, um, it's it's a hippie song.
1: Yeah, so it's a lot about peace and brotherhood. It epitomizes what the hippie movement was all about. Yeah.
2: And it's a, it's a change for her, too, right? Like, inside? I feel like at this point in the movie, she's turning herself.
1: How so? Jenny?
2: Yeah. I I, I might be wrong, though. Once we get to the 80s, right?
1: Yeah. In the 80s, she changes, yeah. Yeah. She
0: kind of becomes more straight edge. I so- like.
1: Sober, more or, yeah. or less. Yep. Yeah.
2: But but this leads to her changing basically like she softens up a bit after
1: this. Well, not, I think not, that's a little later. Later, yeah. I mean, I mean, right now we're still during the Vietnam War period, and she's still fucking around with men yes, that right. are abusive to her.
0: Yeah, and then right, I think it. the I think the scene where she kind of realizes
1: that is the uh, Skinner the Freebird scene. Oh yeah, when she nearly when she, tries to commit yeah. suicide. Oh god, yes, 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 yeah. But this scene right this scene right here when she leaves. When she leaves D.C. or whatever, right? Before she gets on the bus headed to Berkeley. What song? This is the Scott, uh, Scott McKenzie song. Scott McKenzie, um, San Francisco. Be sure to wear a flower in your hair. It has a very has a very lush vocals to it that give it like an almost mystical feel to it, I guess. Yeah, like, and that's
0: when she's like waving by in the back of the bus, right?
1: No, nah, that's not that point. That's, that's not a, that one. Yet. Nah, this is before she gets on the bus. Okay. Yeah, it's like the lyrics right here just and Jenny's getting on the bus to go to Berkeley and the lyrics with, about this Scott McKenzie San Francisco song. They have a lot of psychedelic elements in the music, really like I said, the whole lush vocals and the atmospheric music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unofficially, it's actually considered the the countercultural anthem for both the countercultural movement and the city of San Francisco itself. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um but yeah, I mean,
0: and if she's going to Berkeley, I mean, it just fits, kind of fit. I don't know, it just fits, especially the social mores, especially
1: considering she's part of some kind of social justice protest now.
0: Yeah. And then what we go to what the birds are next? Turn, turn,
1: turn. That's when she's on the bus. Yeah, waving at him with a peace sign. That's the scene I was talking about. Yeah. The whole movie is iconic, but there are certain scenes in this movie that stand out more than others for its icon for its iconic take. Like this one right here, when he flash the peace sign to Jenny when the bus takes off. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's unforgettable. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great scene. Very memorable. Um, and Pete Seeger, he wrote the song. He's very, he's a very prolific songwriter. What,
0: what, uh, like what was he, what band was he, was he just a solo artist or?
1: I think he was just a solo artist and, and, and until he figured out that he can just write songs for other people and get money that way.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, then the, what, the fifth dimension?
1: Aquarius let the sun shine in. This, this scene is funny because, what's it called? The forest is playing ping pong. And, and all the people in the in the hospital or whatever, the patients and the doctors, they're more interested in seeing him do that than they are in watching the, the, the astronauts land on the moon for the first time.
0: <laughs> I and mean, this is where, like, the history comes back in, right? The moon landing. And they kind of, like... It's almost kind of like the backdrop, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. You see, it's 1969, but it's like, ain't nobody paying attention to that on the TV. They're watching Forrest Gump. Yeah. And if you could, like, find some, some, like, meta take on this, I'm like, okay, I'm interested in hearing that.
0: Well, like the 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 band, what the Fifth Dimension? It's almost like they're in the, fifth, the another dimension, right? Because
1: they're not paying attention to all these important things. Yeah, they're not. Out. They're not. They're oblivious to what's happening right here, right now. All those people. Yeah, and and, and choo- choosing this song because of their name—that was deliberate. That's brilliant, actually.
0: And and when you look at the lyrics, when the moon is in the seventh house and Jupiter aligns with Mars, like a reference to the to the moon there, and then and, you have the moon landing in the background. And astronomy,
1: cool. astro- astrology too, as well, and like and the love revolution of like this it's the summer of '69, the summer of love. So yeah, so it kind of goes along with that with that time period too. And the fifth dimension, they were more of a vocal group. They had like pop, R and B, soul, jazz. Light opera and Broadway, and they call that mixture a champagne soul. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Three. What's the next one? Three Dog. Three Dog Night. Yeah, Joy to the the World. world.
1: I heard this song at the end of Sausage Party, the ending credits of Sausage Party, a few years ago too.
2: I don't know. I heard it on the radio growing up. When my mom was driving me around,
1: listening to the oldies station.
2: Mine too. <laughs> I can't say how many times I've
1: heard this song. Hey, the way it starts off, Jeremiah was a bullfrog, was a good friend of mine. The lyrics are nonsensical. <laughs> when did they play this? When did they play this? What scene? When Forrest was in a communist. Oh, I didn't even put the scene down. You're right. Oh, I did actually. The scene where a communist yes, is playing yes, is playing competitive football, a uh, competitive ping pong in communist China.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Okay. And, and the whole arena is filled up to see this. They figured me the best way to fight the communists was using ping pong.
0: Yeah, and I remember when they <laughs> they did the behind the scenes on on this movie. Yeah. And um like they actually used like CGI to do the the ping pong like when they're hitting the ball back and forth, that like the 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 volleys. Really? Yeah, because they were doing it true. so fast. that is
2: very true. Yeah, I would have yeah.
1: thought I would have thought Tom Hanks he would have studied ping pong and just did it and just got it down pat for the scene. But that was CGI. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I'm, unfortunately, no. All of the ping pong was CGI, I believe. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, <laughs> you you learn something <laughs> new every day. Wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> I thought that was Tom Hanks doing all that himself. I'm like, which is plausible, which is possible, but not no more apparently. Okay.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, he's a charlatan.
0: <laughs> Pulling a Tom Cruise, he can do everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> fly planes.
3: <laughs> <You're a> pony. <laughs>
0: so we have Harry uh, Nilsson, right? That's everybody's talking.
1: Everybody's talking about me. That's uh, one sec. So, so okay,
0: where, where, is when this is this played? Play?
1: This is the scene after Forrest. He reunites with Lieutenant Dan in New York City. And what's it called? He's rolling Lieutenant Dan around uh, across the street. So what are you doing in New York, Lieutenant Dan? <laughs> I'm living off the government tech, <laughs> sucking it dry.
0: <laughs> this is when he's like yelling at cars. He's like,
1: watch hey, it. I'm walking here, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. That's a Zemeckis <laughs> thing, right? He did the Back to the Future part two with, uh, with Michael J. Fox when he played the Martin McFly Jr. Here, I'm walking here.
0: <laughs> I feel like you see it in like GTA too. Like, hey, I'm
1: walking here.
0: When you're like, like, people starting to make fun Rick of and that, Morty one.
2: Calls that. What's Ricky it called? Morty it? does that too.
1: Who Rick and Rick Morty? And Morty,
2: the cartoon Oh, yeah, and they show. do. They do, yeah. I, yeah, I feel like what does that stem from? One of the episode, there's a character running around going, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Yeah,
1: what does that come from anyway? It didn't come from. <laughs> I, I may have started with Robert Zemeckis, considering
2: how he's used it more times than anybody. Yeah. Well, yeah, this... It was it a mafia thing or something, like a New York... Oh, no, it's something a Midnight Cowboy. Yeah? I think there's a scene in Midnight Cowboy where he's walking across the street with, um, you know, God, it's Dustin Hoffman and Angelina and dad, and they're walking across the street. I think he actually gets hit by a car. Uh, Because the guy wasn't supposed to hit him, but he did. (laughs) And Dustin Hoffman just uses it just hits the car and goes, I'm walking here.
1: It's probably improv. Oh, man. That's funny. Harry Nilsson, speaking of him, I've been seeing him, not seeing him, but what's it called? Because they show casino a lot on cable now. And the one scene where they use his song, uh, Without You, where James Woods is cursing out, what's it called? Sharon Stone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's, that's what I think of Harry Nilsson now whenever I see his name. Just that one scene.
0: Dude, James Woods in that movie is just off off the
1: hook. Next time, do it yourself, you chicken chick cocksucker. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Or when he
1: curses out the daughter. I don't want to go to Europe. I want to go to the circus and see the Oh, We're not going to go see the fucking elephants. All right? We're going to Europe. Let the adults talk. <laughs> He's like, shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm going to respect your shit. <laughs> Oh, man. So the next one we
0: have is The Supremes. Oh, Stone,
1: uh, Stone Love. Oh, we didn't even hold up. On. One more thing about the song, actually. I mean, given how the lyrics go, I mean, Nilsson is posing as an introvert, taking an introverted man's point of view, and he wants to escape, retreat from society, and go back to the ocean. I think that reflects Lieutenant Dan's misanthropic mind state at this point. Okay. Because he, he may not be going in the ocean, but he is going in a drink. Yeah. Yeah, as we see, right? Yeah. Like, then, get, get us another bottle of Ripple.
0: Yeah. Then the Supremes, that's our next song, the Stone, Stone Love.
1: love. That's off what, their 1970 album? New Ways, but Love Stays. Yeah. They were a staple on the Motown Records at the time, and they were one of their top all female groups. And this oh, song. Yeah. This song, it was was controversial at first because people thought it was a coded drug song. Excuse me. Because of the word stoned in there. Yeah. But what scene is, it's used in the scene where Gump and uh, Lieutenant Dan are talking about, or at the bar on New Year's Eve, talking about his plans for like, getting into the shrimping business. (laughs) Now hear this! (laughs) He
0: goes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who cares a shit about shrimping boats? And then he, he ends up He ends up seeing him on the dock Oh man He's was, just like He's waving yeah. yeah He just leaps off the boat Yeah it's funny
0: <sighs> <laughs> That's my boat <laughs> But uh Yeah so We go to our next uh, What's it? Uh, the Doors The Doors love her madly It's like the
1: third or fourth song Used by the Doors in this film Yeah Yeah Zemeckis he must love the Doors Yeah
0: Yeah he's a He Sounds like he's a huge Doors fan But um uh, um, I don't know much about this song. Love her madly. I don't...
1: Yeah, I remember. I, I have heard. I have the album actually, "L.A. Woman," and it's a breakup song. But what's it called? Considering considering how Jenny is as a person, it won't be the last time that she gets out of an abusive relationship because she's packing her shit while the other dude is passed out on the bed. And what's it called? Um, and it was the last. Also, it was the last album to have Jim Morrison. The last Doors album have Jim Morrison as a lead singer because he died. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, I remember this scene when like the TV's on, mm-hmm. right? And, oh yeah, and what's it called? This title, Love Her Madly. Before it makes a transition to that song, you see the, uh, th- those th- those two Jewish hookers that Lieutenant Dan hungs out with, Lenora and Carla. Okay. The blonde hair one was like, look, look, it's Times Square. We were just down there. Don't you just love New Year's? Everybody gets a second chance. <laughs> and then love her madly. That's what Forrest does. Love Jenny madly, because you start thinking about Jenny at that point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then the, the, That's a good the, point. Then they go to what? Uh canned heat next.
1: That's Oh yes. Yes. Um. Although the scene where the scene I want to talk about the scene where what's it called? Where New Year's where the ball drops and everybody's excited in the bar and then Ald Lang sign, everybody starts singing that. Yeah. And the Lieutenant Dan is just sitting there just like, with a blank expression on his face. Get... Happy New Year, Lieutenant Diane! <laughs> I'm like, he can't stand up with y'all, and plus he got all that glitter in his drink, so of course he's pissed and despondent.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in and, and Gary Sinise, in that scene, I mean, the look on his face, it's so dead. Yes. Like, it's so crazy how, nope. how good he pulls off that role.
1: With no words even need to be used for that. It's like when the camera closes up to him, it's like, yeah, I kind of feel, I feel what you're feeling, Lieutenant Dan. Every Every year we have a new year, the start of a new year, it's like, a blank expression.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he just seems like he's just so detached from...
1: Yeah, more so. I mean, he's not even talking shit being a misanthrope right now. He's just like... It's like the full weight of his situation is just hitting him.
0: Yeah, and then they go to that that scene. Can Well, the song plays the canned heat. Um, let's work together. And then he's like, he gets mad because one of the hookers calls him uh, Forrest. Comes stupid,
1: right? Yeah, he gets really mad. I mean, the whole before that, I mean, he's berating Forrest, talking shit to him, like basically being a dick to him. But it's like when one of them calls him stupid, that that's his berserk button right there. He kicked him the fuck out. Yeah, it's like it almost felt like it almost felt like okay. Oh, so Dan, so you can, so they can't call Forrest stupid, but you can. Yeah, it was a little hypocritical to say the least. But the well, point...
2: a, I think it was a little hypocritical, but I think it also just marked a turning point where, I don't know, up until that point, they're sort of leaching off each other because they sort of have to. Like, I mean, for Lieutenant Dan, it, like, Forrest is sort of all he has.
3: Yeah. And
2: you know, Forrest has been going out of his way to take care of Lieutenant Dan, or however you want to put it, like, be there for him in his innocent way. But you finally see Lieutenant Dan finally, like, actually go out of his way to protect Forrest yeah so I mean it it feels hypocritical, but it's I, I feel like it's actually like, wait a minute, like like that's what you do with a friend, like you protect a friend from being you know insulted or something, and that was more important than trying to get whatever he wanted from his hookers, yeah, and you like know what I mean,
1: I understand, and you're right about that, yeah, and like, and I know I said earlier that moments ago there that it felt like you can, you can't call nobody can call Forrest stupid but me, but then the voiceover that Forrest provides in that same scene subverts that he's like I guess some things don't ever change. Lieutenant Dan didn't want to be called crippled. Like I didn't want to be called stupid.
0: Yeah. That's
1: um yeah, it's a friend. There's a friend who's defending a friend that's honorable.
0: And maybe like, maybe they became like, like stronger friends after that. Because scene, of that. Because yeah. of that. And which Cause would cause lead it,
1: to them becoming business partners. Right. Because it, it did show that Lieutenant Dan does care about forest to a certain extent. Yeah, that's true.
0: All right, so then we go to B.J. Thomas. Raindrops keep falling on my head, and this is played.
1: What scene is this in? This oh, is when he meets Nixon. Ford.
0: Yeah, um, and he stays at the Watergate.
1: Yes. Where, where are you staying at? Where are you staying at, young man? Yeah. He said, "Some motel." Oh, I know a very much nice place. It's just built. My, how my people take care of it for you.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, then of course, like he turns, he turns in the. Um, with the the robber or the um guys who broke in, right? The guys who broke in, the farmers. Yeah, the he formers.
1: can yeah, like he can see them from his hotel room, with, like flashing the lights and whatnot. And it's like, and in the scene the, 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 the before it leaves the hotel, you see like where the hell's he at? Watergate. Oh, <laughs> and then the scene turns. Thereby by noon, I'll I will resign by noon today. It's like Forrest Gump calls Watergate. Wow, <laughs>
0: that's another reason why I love this film. It's like the <laughs> historical.
1: How he how how he's inserted into these a lot of these historical events, yeah, and innocently actually causes these big events like he found out that J- JFK was fucking Marilyn Monroe here yeah, in like the bathroom right the bathroom <laughs> yeah.
0: the the picture yeah
3: uh-huh, yeah
0: <laughs> there's like these little details that you see when you don't you don't realize it the first time you watch the
1: movie, but elvis uh John Lennon gave him the idea for imagine yeah. <laughs>
2: So yeah, this was... well, that's the crazy thing. The movie, the movie really does hold up to repeat viewings that way, because mm-hmm. you do notice like just this stuff that you just you could easily gloss over after the first time you watch it.
1: Oh yeah, most definitely do.
0: Yeah. So, um, and this song, th- so this is an R and B group, right? right? Or I'm just he, he's an R and B, um, he's an
1: artist. He's Ar- an a, like R and B country artist. He has a lot of. He spans multiple genres, pop, country, and Christian. Okay. And the lyrics are about staying happy even when it's like raining outside, metaphorically or literally. And the way I see it, the raindrops keep falling on my head, but that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Oh, what's it called? Because I'm free, nothing's worrying me. That can be applied to Hmm. Forrest because he worries about important things in his life and doesn't, doesn't have the mental capacity to be a neurotic. Yeah. He isn't worried about stupid shit like the rest of us do.
0: Yeah, he Basically. just... Yeah, yeah. And so then we go to our next track, Tony, or- Orlando, and Don. Tie a
1: ribbon around the old oak tree. Yeah, Don and Tony Orlando, they were a pop duo from the 70s. Hell, they even had a mm-hmm. musical variety <laughs> show during this period. <laughs> I, I love it, how this song is used. <laughs> I'm coming home, I've done my time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's playing why right does Nixon resigns
0: because <laughs> <laughs> he would have because Nixon would have gone to jail he would have yeah he knows obstruction of justice
1: he would have like fuck better to resign than go to prison yeah
0: yeah I think that I guess the song is uh, very fitting in that sense
1: right like it is and in the sense that Forrest <laughs> he resigns Forrest actually causes Watergate and Forrest he's actually handled the hand of his honorable discharge papers too like your service is up son does that mean I can't play ping pong no more? For the army it does. <laughs> and he looks at his ping pong.
0: And he takes it. Takes it and just
1: walk, runs out. <laughs> like, did you run all the way home too? Because that's what that looked like. And
0: he's like, I'm home mama.
1: I know. <laughs> it's it's <totally> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He keeps his ping pong. He keeps that ping pong, that battered up ping pong and discovers the celebrity status at his mother's home.
0: Yeah. He made, he just made all that money, right?
1: yeah what's it called the um one man said he would give you twenty five thousand dollars if you'd be agreeable to using his paddle. never mind the fact that Forrest cant doesn't ping pong no more, <laughs> but I like using my own yeah that's twenty five thousand dollars Forrest. I figured maybe he can grow on you. <laughs> his mom's just looking out for him, yeah, uh-huh. I was like it's twenty five G's. to take it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah, that scene is so funny when he when he walks home and he sees all that stuff in the house, uh-huh and uh his mom's like, like, you know, his mom's like looking out for him, and it's, I think Sally Field
1: just does like such a good job being the protective, like, still yeah. being the protective mother. You yeah, know? she 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 never berates him or calls him slow or nothing like that. It's like what's it called, she gently persuades him, and it worked. Yeah, like, and plus, you needed the money. Where are you, you going to get the money anyway for your shrimp and boat?
0: Yeah, so it all works out, right? Yeah. So then we go to our next song by the Casey and the Sunshine Band,
1: first disco song we got on here. I guess
0: I've missed that in my – when I was doing the the, the prep there.
1: Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Casey and the Sunshine Band. When is this played? In the, in the, in the scene where – what's it called? Um, Jenny is partying at the nightclub. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think about Jenny at night after he bought the boat. Uh, wait, wait, Let me ask you this, though. I know when he bought the boat from that dude, the booze, a dude asked him, are you stupid or something because of how much he paid him? But then again, why did – why did Bubba's mother ask him if he was crazy or just playing stupid? What did he tell her? That he was going in the shrimp and bowl and was going to give him their cut?
0: Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I never got that. Me neither. Uh, yeah. Are
1: you are you crazy or just plain stupid? Stupid is stupid. Does Miss Blue? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> she gets so mad. She's she just like kind of talks down to him. Yeah, I mean she doesn't. But here's the thing though about that though. I mean she spent years in a person's kitchen, right? yeah years in a person's kitchen serving them food and her her mother and her mother did that too right they didn't get a thank you or nothing not even right. acknowledgement but when bubba gets that bubba when mama blue gets that bubba gump money and she's got a white person serving her she's like smells wonderful like you actually compliment your chef your chef which proves, which proves that you're, you're different than the people who you served
0: uh, and that's the thing that makes the story so great is like the rede- like redemption, you know how the roles kind of like the reverse, yeah, yeah rever- revolves, uh, the roles reverse. And,
1: yeah. and when that white woman came out with the with that gumbo pot of shrimp, I was I just cheer like yes, yes. <laughs> yes!
0: <laughs> oh man, but that song uh, by Casey and the Sunshine Van, "Do a Little Dance." make a little love i mean that's like the disco the disco
1: that's the disco theme right there do a little dance make a little love and jenny's doing coke jack and coke at the table at the club hey derek you still there yeah i think you may have dropped we'll
0: have to uh we'll reconnect okay um
1: yeah that basically here Okay, okay okay sorry all right we thought we lost you yeah we did (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Casey and the Sunshine Band They were a big disco staple I mean I didn't even know They were from Florida Until I researched researched them For this podcast And I, I've i heard their music In Saturday Night Fever um, The scene in Watchmen Where the Boogeyman song that, that song When the comedian And the night owl Are dispersing that mob I love how the scene how That song was used in that scene Yeah
0: Then we go to what The, the Leonard Skinner Freebird Free, Freebird Oh yeah This is probably one of the best Montages like
1: and the way so it's like, oh, the bird you cannot change
0: yeah and she
1: gets up on the the ledge oh yeah it's a na- it's a nine-minute yeah. song dude. yeah it's
0: awesome um and and it just captures that where she's about to jump off but she slips you know and like almost falls off. almost
1: falls off you know, and it catches herself it's like i don't want to do this i don't want to
2: kill myself yeah
1: it's like but yeah this... i mean
2: it's go ahead i was just gonna say it's so powerful so powerful like she's gone through so much, and um, and this is the turning point for her where she finally like, you know makes a good decision.
1: oh yes, indeed, yes, indeed. and and the band, Leonard Skinner, they wanted the the way they wrote the song, they said it's about what it means to be free, that a bird can fly wherever he wants to go to. But Jenny, if she's the bird in question, then she's a broken bird then, yeah, because she's had abusive boyfriends, an abusive father, she's had drugs, alcohol. And right now, with her current abusive boyfriend, she wants to commit suicide, but she doesn't i guess she still believes that things can be better than the rut that she's in that she can change herself despite what the songs despite the song what the song says, yeah,
0: yeah, it's definitely like I think it's one of the best like used songs or like like i said montages in a movie it's just the drum build up, you know like um. Like the, when the, you know, the the song builds up to like a climatic. And the, the in the emotional buildup of the lyrics too.
1: Lord knows I can't change.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, she feels like mm-hmm. she can't. I mean, she definitely feels like she can't. But
1: um, luckily she does. Yeah, she does. Even Albeit towards the end of her life, but still.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because like the song's almost pushing her over the edge.
1: Yes. You that, know? Yeah, the point. song itself. Yeah. That is a good point. Then we have what, Randy Newman next. Mr. President, have pity on the working man. This takes place after Lieutenant Dan comes down and reunites with Forrest. Yeah. That's <laughs> whole <Full> seat. <laughs> That's another iconic scene. Forrest in the boat and waving to Lieutenant Dan like that. He's smiling. Like, he's like, hey. He leaps off. <laughs> what you doing here? <laughs> I thought I'd try out my sea legs. <laughs> well, Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs. I know that, gump. You wrote me a letter, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> i love how you just like he's, he's
0: like the the hypocrisy and he just talks down to forest guy he's like you right you wrote me a letter you idiot
1: yeah i told you i'd be i'd be your first mate well here i am okay but yeah but don't you be thinking i'm gonna be calling you sir no sir <laughs> dan, dan is still grumpy he's still grumpy but he he seemed to have lightened up a bit with that hawaiian shirt he got on
0: when <laughs> he's he's telling him to go to to fish over like to the he's like to the left come
3: what, what are, are you, you doing, doing?
1: left <laughs> left left idiot <laughs> that's where we're going to find those shrimp my boy <laughs> and this uh, this song though i like how it was using this scene <laughs> yeah and, then I, and his, it was written by Randy Newman on his 1974 fourth album uh good old boys yeah, and Newman he's actually a film he's actually a film composer too. He scored all all the Toy Story installments. Uh, he did Parenthood, really? yeah, yeah, all the Toy story, story movies, Parenthood, Awakenings, Meet the Parents, Meet the Fockers. Yeah, he did the scores for all those films. Wow, yeah,
0: that's that's impressive.
1: I'd
2: love to listen to those movies and, and see what his like, auteur status when it comes to the soundtracks is. Like, do they sound like New York-y? Like all of his other music? hmm Like, I don't know, that, that, that delicate piano-y mm-hmm. sort of feel?
1: Yeah, that, that piano-y, that urban piano, melancholic feel almost.
2: Yeah, there you
1: go. Yeah, and the lyrics in this song... It's is, still it's, Yes. <laughs> yeah, the lyrics in this song, they're a plea to President Nixon about the poverty in the country mid-recession, which is ironic considering Forrest and, and Lieutenant Dan, they're not having any luck in search of a shrimp
0: yeah so it just works perfectly
1: it reflects the struggle of their fledgling company and plus when they don't find no shrimp lieutenant dan was like okay i was wrong well how are we going to find dan why don't you just pray Pray for shrimp (laughs) 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 and then you see him in in the church yeah like he he's the only white person in that choir and he looks like (laughs) so dead so emotionless
0: he's just like I mean, like, like you know, he's trying to clap and everything. Like, yeah. he's just,
1: he's just like. Yeah. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan sometimes came there, but I think he left the praying up to me. <laughs> it,
0: it, it's so funny, like in in different scenes of the movie. You know, the one where he's, the, lo, he's uh, going to be the uh, tunnel rat, and they blow the the they uh, use the charge to blow the the, tunnel. the hole open. Yeah. He's just staring there, like, out, you know. He's just kind of staring out into space, and he's like, all right, Gump, here you go. And he does that, so, the tunnel. Yeah, he does that in a couple other scenes, like, when he's, like, yeah, playing football, and the guy gives him the ball on the kickoff return, and he runs. He's spaced just, out. Yeah, he's just spaced out. Until he gets an yep. order. Until yeah. he gets an order, yeah. And so he was doing that. I felt like he was kind of spaced out in the in the church, too. He was just kind of like, you know.
1: Even though he was clapping and singing, it's like. He's kind of going you, through the motions. Are you, th- are you there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they had several other scenes after that where they have no luck until Hurricane Carmen happens. Yeah. And Lieutenant Dan's a madman like, it's you and me. Yeah. You'll never
2: sink this boat. He was, when, he's railing against, when he's railing against God.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I yeah. love that scene. Yeah, he goes crazy.
2: And, uh, yeah, I remember being a little Catholic boy looking at that scene like, oh, my God, you can do that? <laughs> like come on you son of a bitch
0: Yeah that was a That was a scary scene And he's just like up on the he's up, up on, on the top. mast Yeah
1: All on top like that Not scared at all Just talking shit Like what's it called Daring daring God to sink the boat And what <laughs> happens they're, they're the only boat That wasn't sink So he they get a monopoly Over the shrimping business Hurricane Carmen Worked out nicely For you and Forrest
0: Yeah Yeah That's true But uh then we can go to our next song by Leonard Skinner, Sweet Home Alabama.
1: Yeah, you can't have, you cannot have this song. It's like you cannot, you can't not have this song in this film considering the setting, Alabama. Yeah. And and the way it's used is like, what's it called? Jenny, when she comes back, they use it for that, like her homecoming.
0: Yeah. This is perfect. I mean.
1: And when you mentioned Neil Young earlier, right, as being a member of, a, which band was it? It was uh, Buffalo Springfield. Yeah, yeah, because it was going. This song right here, "Sweet Home Alabama," Leonard Skinner to Ronnie Van Zandt. He takes a shot at uh, at Neil Young. Yeah, because of all the shit he was talking about the South.
0: Yeah, he said a Southern man don't, don't need, need him, him around, around anyhow. anyhow. Yeah, that's 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 cool. Like how that they use this song, but it's like a reference to Neil Young, who was also in Buffalo Springfield. That's kind of cool.
1: It is, yes, it is, and I like how they. I like how it's just uh, how it's about southern Southern American pride without all the negative connotations about it. Really, yeah. It's like it's not just Alabama; it's the South in general. And it's a it's a staple for bands for for, for Leonard Skinner and Southern rock genre in general. In fact, including it in here, like I said, you can't not have it in there. It's like a prerequisite; you gotta have it.
0: Yeah, the, what's interesting about that band is I feel like they tried not to get involved with all the the um kind of crazy like politics like race politics and stuff with that like they, i mean i mean they did like they did, they did and for this song they did have a little bit of those lyrics in there it's a little about, bit it's it's a little bit but it's like they don't go over the top which i think is you know it, i don't it makes them kind of a cooler band like you know they they're, just
1: they're not hitting people over the head with it really, really
0: yeah yeah i mean they talk a little crap about neil young but um they're not like
1: only because he dissed us <laughs> yeah it's like payback. Mm-hmm.
2: So. No, exactly. It's 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 a defensive song, in some ways. It is. But it's not like it's not over the top defensive. Like it's sort of like hey, chill out, like sort of thing. But yeah. um, I don't know. It's, it's an amazing piece of again, amazing piece of music, and probably the most pro Southern song ever. Um, probably, yeah. Yep. All
0: right, Jackson Brown running on empty. This is a classic. It
1: right? is, it is, yeah. I've been hearing this song ever since uh, I was totally. a little kid, and I did not know until I was a man, until I was a grown up adult, that um, this is actually a live version.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. This is um, this is when he's starting to run right,
1: Um yeah, after, across the country. And yeah, after Jenny, after Jenny left him again, this time around after after she made love, it's like, you fucked him and then you left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: it did. It you didn't did make a lot it, of man. sense. Yeah. Sorry, what'd you say, Derek?
1: She hit it and quit it. Yeah, cool. pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, or in the greater context of it, really, it's like, for Jenny, she can't love Forrest because she really doesn't love herself. Yeah. Yeah. And she sees Forrest for, like, everything that she wished she could do, but she can't. So she runs away again. Yeah. Or what What did the taxi driver say to her? It's like, where are you running off to, honey? I'm not running. In a sense, you are.
0: Yeah. Well, then the force starts to run, right? He kind of just, yeah. he has to get some sort of clarity or some sort of separation from everything.
1: Yeah, it's like she just left without telling him, so he's sad and doesn't know how to articulate the feeling, so he just runs instead.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, then what, the Doobie Brothers, that's the, oh. I, I missed that in my titles here. The but, Doobie Brothers. The uh, Doobie Brothers. Uh, it, keeps run, it keeps me running.
1: It keeps me running.
0: Yeah, the um, <laughs> Yeah th- so so this is when he's uh
1: this is still when he's running across the country, right? Yeah, so when he's running, yeah, um it's um it's used when Jenny she's working at a restaurant and when she sees him on TV while she's serving food. Okay. Yeah, and um the lyrics are more descriptive about Jenny than they are Forrest. Even with her saying that I'm not running when she left him in the, in the taxi driver scene. Uh, like what's it called? The lyrics I Know What What It Means to Hide Your Heart from a Long Time Ago. It keeps you running, yeah, it keeps you running. I think it's more about Forrest and mm-hmm. Jenny. And also it's an interesting take on this. Um, this song, It Keeps Me Running, is a third single from the band's nineteen seventy six album, Taken It to the Streets. And that was their first album with uh, Michael McDonald on vocals. For those of you who don't know Michael McDonald, he's the one that he's the one that sings the song I can't believe we're not in love anymore. Mm, mm, mm. That one.
0: <laughs> so were the Doobie Brothers? Were they like a like a
1: blues rock band or blues rock and what's now classic rock? Classic much. rock, right? Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Then Gladys Knight and the and the Pips. I've got to use my
1: imagination. Oh yeah, another Motown band as well too. And that was from their eleventh album, *Imagination*, released in 1973. It's still part of the running montage.
0: Which is a really, it's a really long
1: montage. It is. It is actually.
2: Well, it's like a. Well, it's also the weirdest part of the movie. I feel like. Yeah. Um, like I know it's 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 very straightforward, but I, I just I don't know. I feel like it's the most ridiculous part of the movie, and of of a, of a lot of ridiculous things that sort of just happen. Like he gets his own cult. And he just does stuff and people just find it so religious.
1: It's just so weird. I don't know. It is. And plus, like what's it called? Um, during this very scene right now when he he keeps telling people, all the reporters, who are trying to ascertain if he's doing it for some higher purpose, he's like, I just felt like running. And and the thing of it is I know it is he actually started the jogging craze. Yeah.
0: Then then the he gets the shoes, right? Like the the Nike shoes. Smiley
1: face. Yeah, the, 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 the Nike shoes that he got from Jenny when she was living with him, yeah. those, are, those are the ones he's been using for the run the whole time.
2: Right. From Jenny.
1: <laughs> and then there's, uh, he runs into those, um... those people who had failed businesses Yeah. Um, on, um, what's it called? Uh, a Fleetwood Mac, Go Your Own Way. Yeah. That's when we first see the first businessman who wanted help. And we've covered Fleetwood Mac before on here too, in Casino, the ga- Casino, Guardians of the Galaxy mo- movie as well too. And this, yeah, is, this is from their 1977 album Rumors, and it's actually a breakup song from the perspective of both the lead vocalists of the band, Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. Yeah, and yeah, you, you, we still hear this song even now in like car dealership commercials. Yeah, it, I mean it's
2: such a good oh, yeah. song, though. I and mean, that is. album, yeah. Rumors. I mean, is so someone epic. said this, this may be one of the greatest albums of all time, and I sort of can't argue with it.
1: I like it.
0: I have like, the album at um, home. Uh... Yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean,
1: everybody took something away from Rumors, actually, and like, it's definitely influential. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it has to be one of the greatest albums. Of all time, um, and the man who was trying to find what's it called and uh, a business idea for Forrest, he actually gets it when Forrest runs through a pile <laughs> of dog crap, and that gives the man <laughs> the idea for the "shit happens" bumper sticker. <laughs>
2: yeah, that is that is one of the greatest movie moments of all time.
1: <laughs> you just ran through a great it pile happens. of dog
0: shit. <laughs> he goes, he goes. Whoa! You just ran through a huge pile of dog shit.
1: It happens. It happens. What shit? Sometimes. Sometimes. And he stops like, wait a minute, hold up. That's a great idea. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, it worked out for him. And then what happens? A a car with a bumper sticker who actually has a bumper sticker on it actually gets into an accident. Shit happens. (laughs) And then there's the guy who had that t-shirt, right? The, the happy face t-shirt. And the next scene, yeah, for Willie Nelson on the road again. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> do, 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 do. Classic. <laughs> and that was included on a, on, on a movie and a soundtrack for a movie, Huckle Huckle, Honey, Honeysuckle Rose from 1980. Yeah, about an D- Asian musician who doesn't get the national fame he's been trying to his whole life and his relationship with his family, who are also part of his band, Suffers. But um, this scene, it's used when Forrest is outside of a truck stop and gives another failed businessman another idea that makes him super rich. Just rubs some mud off himself. That he <laughs> and he gets sprayed happy. on by a truck. Yeah. <laughs> makes a happy face and tells the guy, have a nice day. <laughs> I'm like, wow. That's... Yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, I hope that guy, I hope that guy is actually still getting royalties now.
0: Yeah. And you know, that <laughs> that song, On the Road Again, I I, I heard it in the show generation kill mm-hmm. uh ray the driver the humvee driver um james Ransom. yeah ziggy he 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 starts singing it he's like on the road again <laughs> he's like stop with that country shit <laughs> <laughs> he's like ray stop with the country, country shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so then we go to bob Seeger. oh man i love Here me. we go i love me some
1: some Bob Seger, the final song of the running montage. Yeah, my favorite song by him is "Night Moves." I like that, but this song against that the wind—that—that
2: that song, that song—I don't know what it's about. I like—is it about sex? I don't know. But talk about cool.
1: Well, firm and high.
0: And then this song is played. What this was? You said the end of the running montage.
2: Yeah, when
1: Forrest is talking about what his running was all about. He's like putting his past behind him. He spent over three years running. And where's he at at that point? The Arizona desert?
0: Yeah, he's like, I think
1: I'm going to go home now. School, like, where the hell are we going to, what the hell are we supposed to do now? <laughs> and Bob Seger, he said the song is about basically human nature and growing up pretty much. Like weathering the storm yeah. and doing whatever you have to do to maintain a relationship. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, man. Interesting. Bob Seger.
1: Bob Seger, he's the man. Silver Bullet Band.
0: Yeah, I liked. I always liked Metallica's um, cover of of Bob Seger's uh, "Turn the Page."
1: Oh yeah, I remember that it was on. It was one on one of their. That came out ninety five.
0: Yeah, it was just. I don't know. It had it just sounded great, man. Um, well, hey,
1: it was on Reload, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember that now. Yes.
0: So yeah, we got through the soundtrack, man. That was a long. It was like forty. Forty-something songs, yeah. Forty-something songs. Uh, first live stream. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for doing this. Yeah, I'm man. not doing
1: a lot, guys. This was a lot. Yeah, this is fun. This is fun. I mean,
2: yeah, the live <laughs> thing should do is more often.
0: Yeah, Derek, you gotta you gotta come on the show again. We'll do it do it again sometime.
2: Yeah, really? sure. I really appreciate this because of took me out of my comfort zone a little bit. I Got to look at a mo- uh, an old movie. For my life in a different way and i'm glad i got to share it with you guys and, and talked about you know this this amazing american gem of a movie
3: yeah
1: oh yes and, it still and, holds up today too
0: and for those who are watching uh you know subscribe to the channel come by uh mm-hmm. the podcast on podbean uh subscribe give us a review and thanks for watching thank you everyone This podcast is available on my YouTube channel, Roadtunes Reviews. It's also available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other major podcast distributors as well. So if you don't mind, please leave me some feedback. I'd really appreciate that. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Revs. I'm on Instagram, and I'm also on the Untapped app. My username is BrewTuned. This is Andrew signing off. Cheers.